I'm Shifa and you're listening to A Thought Away, where thoughts become stories. Today's episode is part one of A Glitch in My Memory, a story about how I discovered the truth about why my memory seemed to have been altered. I was walking back home from my last day of school when my friends Maya and Dave ran up to me and asked me why I rushed off without waiting for them. I was confused. I usually walked home alone, didn't I? Nevertheless, we went to my house to start off the summer vacation with a bang. Wait a minute, my room door was supposed to have scratch marks on it from the time the cat tried to destroy it, but there weren't any. Where was our cat anyway? And the color of the wall, it was supposed to be different. The next few days were the same. I would see something but remember it being different. There weren't significant changes but still noticeable. Honestly, it was so disorienting, it gave me a headache. I just could not figure out why I felt like that. When I mentioned it to my parents, they wanted to consult a doctor, but I managed to convince them to wait a few days. Maya and Dale joked about it a bit, but then realized I was being serious. Maya looked it up and found that people do remember things being different, but the doctors didn't fully understand why. I came across an article that talked about one Dr. Adam who wanted to design technology that could change the world. His idea was that if we could make a person think a certain way, then we could change what they did in life and eventually change the world. He apparently even tried an experiment where he inserted certain incidents into a person's mind just to see how they reacted. To me, it sounded like he was talking about controlling someone's thoughts and, I mean, could you really put a thought into somebody's head? I closed my laptop since the article was irrelevant. Or so I thought. Maya, Dave and I were headed to a friend's birthday when I got a text from an unknown number. It said, To find the answers you seek, go under the smallest cafe. I stared at my phone. Cryptic much? What did it mean and who'd sent it? Dave suggested that maybe someone was pulling a prank, but I realized that I had in fact seen somebody lurking around my house. I had a feeling that we couldn't ignore the message. At first, neither Maya nor Dave wanted to change all our plans for some random message, but even they couldn't resist an adventure. But how are we supposed to find the smallest cafe? What did that even mean? Then. A sudden thought hit me. There was a cafe called Small Bites, which we used to joke about the name. Maybe the anonymous person was talking about that? It was up the street and right around the corner. Again, there were certain things about the cafe that felt different, like the color of the logo, the arrangement of the tables, but I was kind of getting used to it. For better or for worse. So we were in what we thought was meant by the smallest cafe, but how did we go under, like was that the basement? But I don't remember the cafe having a basement. Maya and Dave confirmed that there was one, but it was mostly like a storage room. We sneaked past the busy waiters and tiptoed to the basement, but all we found were large boxes with packaged food ingredients. That is, until I saw a faint light forming a rectangle like a door frame behind one of the walls. 
I walked over and ran my fingers over the old wallpaper and pushed in at a particular spot. And the secret door swung open, revealing a set of stairs leading into darkness. My stomach tingled with excitement and anticipation. Dave absolutely did not want to descend into darkness because who knew what we would find? But we managed to convince him and using the flashlight on Maya's phone, we crept downstairs. The steps led to a small circular room, but the only thing there was a small keypad on the wall, which had letters and numbers and a small screen display that was blank. Maya immediately went up and studied the keypad. She punched in some combinations, but the screen blinked red each time. Then I spotted a tiny yellow post-it wedged behind the keypad. And what luck! It had written on it a combination. If someone really had wanted to keep this place a secret, maybe they shouldn't have left the password in plain sight. Maya did the honors and hit enter. A large part of the wall soundlessly opened, revealing yet another dark room. This was our last chance to turn back, but I took a deep breath and forged ahead before I could change my mind. Dave reluctantly followed and Maya shunned the phone's flashlight around the enormous room. There were rows of desks with computers, while the rest of the room had a shelf full of files and the various newspapers and folders stacked. I would have expected a layer of dust and loads of cobwebs if this place wasn't in use anymore, but it was clearly supposed to be a secret. I wondered what someone might have had to say to convince the architect to put a hidden room below the basement. The scariest thing was, one of the computers was actually still running, the screensaver on. Just then, the lights flickered on and Maya and I jumped, thinking that someone had caught us snooping. But it turned out to be Dave who'd found the light switch and he was desperately trying not to laugh. I sighed and walked towards the shelves of files and documents and Maya tried to get the computer working to see what was on there. My phone beeped with another text. It was the anonymous person again. And this time, there was a sort of code, the kind they used to number books. Aha! It must be one of the documents. Dave and I scanned the shelves and he found the correct one. It all felt like a game, a clue leading to another, but what was the final answer? I didn't even really know what the mystery was. I just thought it was my memory being different, as though it was altered somehow. I opened the document. It looked fairly new, and in it were sheets of paper with complicated notes and diagrams in less than legible handwriting. But the top of the page had two words spelled out as the heading, Jade Brooks. My name. What was my name doing on? How was this? What was going on? Just then, Mia called out, saying that she'd found something. I thrust the file into Dave's hands and tried to clear my head. None of this made any sense. Maya showed us two folders that had some files in it. The folders had different names on them. Neither Maya nor Dave understood what was happening, and their faces reflected my feelings. We opened the folder and one of the files was a video. It started off kind of like a movie. But my phone beat with another text from the anonymous helper. It had one word on it. Run. 
I didn't know why we trusted them so much, but Maya switched off the computer and although I didn't want to, I replaced the fire just as we heard footsteps echoing down the steps leading to the secret room. There would be no time to run. We had to hide. We squeezed into whatever space there was behind the shelf, hoping and praying desperately we wouldn't be seen. With a shock, I realized that we left the lights on. I clenched my teeth and waited with bated breath. It was hard to make out who it was, but the person was wearing a long white lab coat like a professor. He walked right up to the computer that Maya had seen the files on, and he attached a pen drive and typed in some commands. Then he took the pen drive and walked right out, not giving us a second glance. He seemed sort of frustrated and muttered the whole time. Maya checked the computer and reported that the files that we'd seen before weren't there anymore. In fact, there was barely any data left on the computer, which meant the professor had taken all of it. We tiptoed up the stairs and back into the cafe. There was only one person there, the same tall, suspicious-looking dude. So we did the natural thing. We followed him. He led us to another underground secret room kind of place. We watched him swipe a card into some kind of crevice in the wall and the wall split open just like it had under the cafe. We crept up behind him and I had put one foot into the room beyond the open wall door when loud alarms blared and someone yelled about intruders. The three of us ran but I had seen what was in the room. Lots of monitors and lots of people in lab coats. The one person's face I saw, I recognized. It was Dr. Adam, the one who had wanted to experiment with inserting memories into people's minds. And I was one of those people. out what happens next in the story, who the anonymous helper was, how my memory was really altered, tune in to next week's episode. In the meantime, let your imagination take over because your next story might only be a thought away. Thanks for listening.